Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Evan? No. Welcome back. No. I suppose we couldn't ask you to take off your literal snowboarding <clears throat> jacket right now. It feels like I smoked 50 packs of cigarettes in my sleep last night. <laughs> I can, I'm losing my voice. We had a perfectly good like comedic line of question going there and Evan just threw <laughs> he threw 50 packs of cigarettes yep. in your sleep. It must be uh, a Sunday because I'm not feeling well. So where was it uh, you went again? Basically the epicenter of snow. It snowed and snowed and snowed and snowed. What was the name? And then I was leaving and it was still snowing. Revelstoke. No, it's a fake place. It's still fake. The snowbanks were almost over a lot of roofs. A lot of fresh pal for you to you know grind it. I don't know the terminology. You know what? Give it about a week here and you would have wasted your money because you could have just snowboarded off the freaking hills that'll be in front of your house. We'll see. Yeah, it was awesome, but I am actually exhausted. Usually I'm not super tired after snowboarding, That's but a week a of that was, I am done. I am so tired. You'll never go again? Oh, I'll definitely go again. <laughs> oh, I thought we had him. <laughs> but there. I need at least like a, a week off right now because uh, I've got nothing in the tank. Uh, Evan is back after, he only missed what, a couple episodes? Yeah. Um, Evan, for context, Brad and I recorded at like 1030 one night after the Glant news happened. I wouldn't have showed up. No, of course you wouldn't. The only reason <laughs> was it during I, the week, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, oh, Wednesday. I, I would have already been asleep. Yeah, you actually left at an okay time. You left at like what eleven thirty? Yeah, I think I pulled into my driveway at midnight. Yeah, um, Brad, do you want to know the worst thing about that? Mm. We stayed up late, recorded that hastily, found all the energy to do it, and then uh, it just made it. That episode just made it onto Spotify this morning. Because Spotify and, and our hosting service have had some issues. And so um, they couldn't figure it out until uh, today. So for those of you who listen on Spotify and for some reason have held out listening anywhere else because you've been waiting for it on Spotify, it's there now. So hopefully this episode makes it there without um, issue. Uh, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. We are at full health, but that seems like it should come with an asterisk. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half hosts. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. I'm... Dart Smoky Evan. Dart Smoky Evan. <laughs> I don't know. I'm dying. Let's just keep going. Uh, on the this... wheel is turning, but the hamster's dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? I'm still. I still work, but the light inside is dead, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. The vending machine. Uh, on this episode of the podcast, we are going to uh, chat a little bit more, obviously, about the Red Wings and everything that's been going on with them. Um, we'll talk more about the Gallant news. Maybe Evan will have a fresh take on it. Uh, some other arguments have come up in the past little while, uh, and then we'll just see where the world takes us. Um, last night's game for the Red Wings, four one by the Panthers, although that was uh, partly in. Uh, due to an empty net goal. So really, it was a 3-1 game. Jimmy Howard strung together two straight games and two straight nights. And that poor man has nothing to show for it. He held Pittsburgh and Florida to two and three goals, respectively. Which, for this season, and this version of the Detroit Red Wings, ah, it's nothing short of heroic. And for the season that Jimmy Howard is having, that's not going to happen terribly often. Yeah, well, you know, when you get two goals in two games, what are you going to do? 
well, I mean, last night we had a surefire goal and uh, Franz Nielsen was on the breakaway when it was like a shootout and Franz Nielsen, you know, the shootout specialist and just, you know, clunked off the goalie's pads. His record in the shootout as a Red Wing is bad. Um, speaking of, he has a literal move named after him and he doesn't use it anymore. Yep. Am I missing something? Franz, I understand that you have to have something else in the bag of tricks, and if you come down the same way every time and the goalie doesn't know if you're going to shoot five-hole or go high backhand glove, that's an effective strategy. But every once in a while, you have to use the other one. You can't just come down, snap a five-hole every time, and expect the goalies to not read you. Has he tried anything other than five-hole this year? Uh, no, I, I, I honestly can't give you a confident answer because the only scoring chance I can remember for him are like that random snipe that he had for his first of the season and last night's breakaway. I'm even shootouts. No, I think he's went five hole every time and I don't think it's worked. We didn't really talk a lot about that. eh? his, uh, putting him on the shootout the other night. Cause it doesn't matter. Who cares? I don't, what I think I tweeted it out. I think it's like October, 2018. He hasn't scored. In the shootout, or I could be just completely missing something here. Um, but he's not, he's not that, he's not the the best shooter or shooter in shootout history anymore. Wow. Also, uh, that title I think is a little bit, eh. no, he's not the okay, he's the most active shootout shooter in history. Probably, I would fully believe he has the most attempts, well, maybe he, even the most successful conversions. But his percentage certainly isn't the best because isn't TJ Oshie hovering around 50%? Is he really? Probably. Have you seen TJ Oshie in the shootout? He might have the most goals. Or sorry, you might be right. Franz Nielsen might have the most goals, but TJ Oshie might have the best. Franz probably also has 30 more attempts. Could we look this up on the podcast right now with the laptop in front of me? Of course. Of course. Will we? No, we'll let you guys do it for us, and we'll chat about it next episode maybe. Uh, We're really kind of all over the board with our recording times a eh? like last episode was we finished closer to midnight this episode uh the sun barely got here before you guys did if you count my internal clock it's actually 5 a.m is that what it is for you right now yes oh oh I and just... i got home at midnight this time no wait yeah i went to bed at like 12 30 last night this ontario time ontario time you know so whatever time it is for me i don't know anymore you actually said that's the first uh, sentence that you said where I realized how terrible you sound. You sound like shit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I would say you look like it, but it, would, it has been like minus two there the entire time. The week we go minus thirty. Oh. <laughs> and like bone chilling wind chill. So now I'm sick. Of course. There's you, not nothing's free in this world, Ryan. I am so close to feeling bad for you. Legitimately so close. I just I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, tomorrow's gonna be brutal going back to work. Uh. The other game that the Red Wings played, they held the Penguins to a 1-1 game through 60 minutes, and then overtime came about. There was lots of chances going both ways, a terrible penalty, et cetera, et cetera. And then who scored the game winner other than uh, the heroic returner, Sidney Crosby? Um, Like, what are you supposed to do? Not take a penalty in overtime. No, no, if you're Jimmy Howard. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you can't do anything there. No. If you're the Red Wings, it's not take a penalty in overtime. Uh, And to narrow it down more, because it was Luke Glendening who took the penalty in overtime, some of you might be asking, well, why in the hell is Luke Glendening on the ice in overtime? To which my response is, yeah. (laughs) 
I actually have a hard time right now um, getting on Blash Hill or anyone about lines because who's left on this team? No, I know. There was the line of Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Zadina last night. And then <laughs> what? Yeah. And then Philpola got hurt. I, my first thought when I saw Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Zadina was actually like, who's going to play on the other lines? I don't think there's enough players. Once um, Philpola got hurt in that game, I just had this image in my head of Robbie Fabry standing in the middle of the mansion in the final episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, looking around wondering where everything is because it was just him. He's – this isn't a knock on Fabry because I think he's been one of the Red Wings' best players this season, but – um, when the the skill is removed from this lineup, and that's I, I mean that seriously, I'm not being sarcastic here. But when the the limited skill that there is is removed from this lineup, his game really suffers because player the teams are really able to clamp down on him, and he either has you know lower skill t- line mates or he's just being focused on uh, by the opposing team's defenders, and you don't see him producing as much as what we've seen earlier. And that kind of confirms what uh, everyone was talking about before, which is that Robbie Fabry is a great skill player to have, uh, but he's not a line driver um, or he's not like a huge play driver. And then uh, that actually brings me to another point, which I've been meaning to bring up for like a few podcasts now. Um, We say that as if everybody's expectation uh, is that they should be a play driver. And that's just because of the uh, pompous tone that naturally comes through our voices. Oh, yes. We were very pompous. Uh, but that's not – it's not accurate. You can't expect to have, you know, 12 line drivers uh, on your forwards. You'd be lucky to have more than a couple or a few throughout your lineup. Um, so nobody can reasonably expect that of a guy who didn't even crack a roster before he got traded to the Red Wings. Um, so when we say that, remember that qualifier. It's not a knock, and it doesn't mean that we should uh, be moving – well, although everyone has a price, but doesn't mean that we should, you know, automatically go, ah, oh, trade Fabry, trade whoever, blah, blah, blah. But man, Mantha and Athanasiu and DeKaiser and everyone else are sorely missed on this team right now. Sorely missed. Will they be, though, when we just hear uh, Steve Eisman go up to the podium? Uh, the Detroit Red Wings select from Ramuski of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Alexi Lafreniere. Hey. Well, will, will that, will we have really missed them then? I was actually thinking we'll live stream our reactions to the uh, like we'll do a watch along with the draft lottery in here. That's going to be one of two extremes. Yes. And I actually think I might have to tarp the floor or prevent all food and drink from being in here. (laughs) How much do you value that TV? Oh, that TV is actually the least of my concerns. (laughs) That was a cheap TV. That TV was like 500 bones. Like that's whatever. Okay. You might want to give me like uh, my beer in a plastic cup because it's. It's getting launched if we pick fourth. (laughs) (laughs) I took too much time to paint these walls, and we bought ourselves this nice new rug, and then the new table from uh, R&D Woodworking is coming, and I don't want to ruin those. But yeah, man, kick the TV for all I care. Leave the window open. It's Just give me a target at least. We actually have to replace the window, so maybe I'll leave the windows closed. (laughs) Comedic effect on YouTube. Look at that. It'll just be like that meme where the guy opens the window in his office and just jumps out. Yeah. That actually might be what it is. And I think it's high enough here where it would kill you, right? Oh, any any height's good if you just angle it properly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot this morning. <laughs> Except there's snow banks outside now. It was green when I left. <laughs> uh, yeah, because during the, the draft lottery, it could be a nice little quick succession series of comedic events where Bill Daly holds up and the fourth overall pick belongs to 
Detroit Red Wings. Loud expletives, beer bottle, through a window, and then if there's any luck, we'll hit your neighbor and we'll hear his reaction as the beer bottle hits. Well, at least I'll know if I can just not watch next year or not. <laughs> uh, that's true. It'll just be like, all right, we're good. See you in 365 days. It would make our draft content so easy. Every episode from, from then until the draft would be titled Alexi Lafreniere without fail. We just repost the same episode every time. <laughs> no, the next title after is A. Next episode title after that is L. <laughs> With our luck, we'd misspell it. <laughs> no, we there'd be like one extra episode where it's like Alexi Lafreniere exclamation mark. Yeah. Uh, we have you brought up Alexi Lafreniere, so I'm gonna run a quick tankathon. You guys can't stop me. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Oh, well, let's not talk about beer what bottle through there. the window. That is. Montreal, New Jersey, Ottawa by way of San Jose, and then Detroit fourth. Man, the, no one's catching the Red Wings in the in the lottery division. No, I don't. I'm literally cheering for wins at this point. It is. Um, they are 49 games in. They have 32 games left. They are third. Uh, math doesn't add up, does it? 49 plus 32 equals? 49 plus 3, 2. Oh, <laughs> It's not an 81-game season. <laughs> it's so early. 33 games left. Uh, they're 13 points back of L.A. for 30th place. And they have 13 a, points. And but they have a everyone, game in hand. Everyone promised us this would stop tanking. We're just that bad. This didn't stop anything. Yeah, see, here's the problem with tanking this year. Uh, Tim Stutzla and Lucas Raymond are really good. And that's your worst case scenario right now. The f- Although Quentin Byfield hype train's really slowing down. Is it slowing down? He had like 500 points in his first three games back. After yeah, the but there's games. been some talk going around, like looking at his international performances and his best on best performances. He torches the O, but everywhere else he's played, he's been very mediocre. But that's is- definitely not getting me off the train, but it's enough to be like, do we do we need to look at this closer? Is he just so good in the O because he's so much bigger than everybody? Is he going to be the guy who falls? There seems to always be that one guy every yeah. draft that falls. I w- can't see him falling, though. His his raw tools yeah, are too I know. It's, good. It's, we, we said that. I feel like we had a similar thing about Zadina. And, like, um, who would have ever thought Seth, Seth Jones would have fallen as well? Yeah. Although he didn't have quite a quite a fall. But what? where was Seth Jones drafted? What, second, third? Fourth. Fourth, Fourth, and he was supposed to go second. That's what it was. Yeah. I remember that. And that was like a big shocker. Yeah. Yep. Barkov at two was the shocker because everybody thought McKinnon, Drew, and, and Jones, some variants of that was going to be the top three. Yeah. And now you redraft, you probably still take Barkov too. Oh, yeah. That was exactly the right pick. Except Tampa screwed it up uh, with Drew in at three. But at the time, everybody was like, well, yeah, I can see that. He was unreal in junior. Was that a uh, Steve Eisman draft? Yes. Steve Eisenman in his in the first round is He's not. Who they draft? Gri- sorry, Drew M, who is yes. now Sergachev. Right, right, right. Yeah, he doesn't have the greatest first round track record. Remember when he took Slater Cuckoo twelve uh, tenth overall, Brett Connolly sixth overall. Brett Connolly's this weird journeyman where he's like he's not a bad player, but he's never a sixth overall draft pick. No, like, and he took a long time to get to where he is now. Mm-hmm. Well, so. that's why we need to take. The difficulty out of it and just draft 
first overall. If yeah. the gold plan hap- if the gold plan was in place, I actually still don't think the Red Wings would draft first overall. This year, yeah, well, yeah, no, if you the whole gold plan hinges on getting points in the standing. Although you give Detroit a- 20 games, it might get four points. Ottawa could take that out in like five games. The the thing about the gold plan is if it was in place, Steve Eisman would not have handled the team this way. So before yeah. you panic about that, Eisman Eisman very obviously has not helped this team at all this season, which is good. It was the right move because uh, you're not mortgaging futures for a meaningless like six more wins than you have right now. Don't yeah. let anybody hide behind his changes to the roster. Let them be fully exposed to what they are. Yeah, and he can address it at the right time. If the gold plan did exist this year, this also this almost might be best case scenario though. Because a lot of the key players are injured, scheduled to come back right around the time Detroit's probably going to be mathematically eliminated. It's mm-hmm. like, that's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like Mantha's uh, trainers are like, yeah, he's good to go. And Eisman looks at the standings, does some math. No, he's not. Kicks him in the shin. <laughs> no, he's not. He's like, he's going to be he's gonna be ready in two weeks, right? Uh, he's ready now, Steve. No, no, no. He'll be ready in two weeks, right? <laughs> Um, Mickey on the broadcast last night said Mantha's not coming back anytime soon. Who cares? I love Anthony. And I want to watch him play because it's painful. It's it's physically actually painful to watch the Red Wings play hockey now, but who cares? It's less painful without him. Like Do you it, guys um or with him, sorry. Did you guys talk about I didn't see any of this because I was they they don't get cell phone reception. Um what was with the Zach Cassian? Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk? Yeah. 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 Was Matthew Kachuk laid out. Okay, here's the Coles notes. Matthew Kachuk absolutely laid out Zach Cassian oh. three times. One of them being a very questionable hit. Zach Cassian had enough, just grabbed Matthew Kachuk and started beating the hell out of him. Matthew Kachuk did not want any part of that fight. It's understandable. But <laughs> but Zach Cassian did not stop. So Zach Cassian got suspended, went piped off in the media, and then uh yeah, here we are. Oh, that's that, that, that was it? There was like 15,000 Reddit posts about it. Oh, well, no, that's like round right. two is going to come on January like oh, 29th. Yeah. He oh. got suspended for two games and uh, three games after uh, the incident took place would be Edmonton versus Calgary again. Oh. So if you're doing your math right, yeah, his first game back <laughs> is against Calgary. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, that actually reminds me is a lot of people... It's been happening quite a bit. It's like, I'll post a fight or something on, on Twitter, like a clip. Wow, Ryan. God. I, I know. Well, and then people get in there. They're like, oh, wow. Thought you would have hated this. Uh, surprised to see you supporting this. Good on you. Ha ha. Uh, throwing some fisticuffs ain't so bad. Right? Told you you'd love it. I'm like, what? Are you? Who are you talking to? I'm. I'm like I'm one of the people who are wrong and still likes fighting in the game. Like, I know I'm wrong about it. But I still, in my dumb caveman brain, can't remove fighting from the game and, you know, want that to happen. I think there's still a place for fights. Just I also had that dumb thing where I think uh, the league doesn't do enough to protect players' uh, brains. And so I know I have this, like, internal conflict. Um, but I've never – I think in our – of us three, I was the only one, unless Evan was also in favor of it. To say, like, yeah, I wouldn't want to see fighting outright banned right now, or at least uh, give it some time to work its way out naturally. Well, it kind of, are, I'm definitely on the keep fighting in the game, but it will naturally draw itself out. It already has. Yeah. But I think it's definitely a, a useful tool. You know, if the Department of Player Safety and the refs were perfect or anywhere near competent most of the time. <laughs> 
I could see a world where I would say fighting should be a objectionable or a banned, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But right now, it needs to be a deterrent for the Nazem Kadri's, the Kachuks. Like you need it there as a deterrent and a way to self police. Yeah, and like again, I know how that that comes across as hypocritical because it literally is. It's just a yeah, caveman brain, and, and I'm not willing to, to parse that out and, and process that right now. So I'm both in favor of protecting players' brains and reducing brain Well, injuries. I guess we should get rid of hitting, too, because yeah. that's that's contact and can injure the brain. So. <laughs> There's going to be a crowd. <laughs> That says, anyways, it's not like it's not even to bring up the fighting debate, but it, there's just been so much of that. Like, they come just short of like calling me names, like the same names that they call politicians they don't like, and I'm just like, well, like, just, just relax. These aren't the same. These aren't your kids. These aren't like twelve year olds where they're developing. These are grown men and they're professionals mm-hmm. in their discipline, and um, they know the risks and they accept those risks, and that's why they get paid lots and lots of money. I have one thing, though. They're grown men, and they should be disciplined, but you still have things like Alex Biega nut-tapping a guy with his stick. I, I actually hoped that they would have kept that as five in a game for him. Well, if they had the mic above the glass, you would just hear him saying, oh, that was a great dump. Great dumping. <laughs> and he just gave him a little tag. So brutal. Like, so stop sticking other players in the nuts. If you, like, stop as a grown man... Using your stick to hit another grown man's testicles. It's that simple. You when you do that, every single man feels it. You, you, do, you don't tell me what to do. You don't, you would, if you do that, I high, like, I don't, I'm trying to think of the most ridiculous punishment, but you deserve to have like a, a bright pink helmet for the rest of the season. Actually, no, that would look dope as hell. You deserve to have like a poop brown helmet for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a poopy. Yeah. You're a poopy guy. <laughs> and that's your, your nickname becomes poopy guy. <laughs> Evan coming in with the heat. <laughs> Poopy guy. <laughs> Evan's fire right now is at a 10, but his creativity is at a oh, zero. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Very much. Uh, what else do we have going on around the league? Okay, Gerard Gallant. Uh, Evan, I want to hear your take on it. Um, What is the take? You know, Gerard Gallant with respect to the Red Wings. If you're Steve Eisman, what do you do now? I've It, it literally looks like him and Steve Eisman were dating when they were both playing. <laughs> The pictures of them may as well just be on a beach together somewhere. I'd date someone if they were my centerman and I scored 30 goals a year. Yes. Um, I would still imagine Jeff Flashell finishes this year. Finishes the year. But do you think he? there's a seven-day window where Eisenman has the option to either pick up his contract for the next year or if he lets it lapse, they pay him out 300 grand and then he's a free agent. He's He's done. What? Who cares about the money when it's a head coach? I guess. Yeah. Um, it it feels all too good for it not to happen, so therefore it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I would really enjoy that. Uh, there's some people brought up a lot of like really good points about you know Blashill will will Eisenman want to shake things up in the middle of the season um Eisenman has given Blashill the vote of confidence that we we've talked about before but I think it's good to always remind ourselves and, and the listeners of it which is that Eisenman has almost explicitly told Blashill before the season like don't worry about wins and losses because they're not going to happen this year um worry about the development um I think Eisenman would want to hold true to that 
Um, but at the same time, how good of a coach needs to become available for that to, to kind of be thrown out the window? So if you have a coach, you can just go and talk to, we'll call them free agent coaches. I don't know what the rules are on this, but even if you're not allowed to, it very obviously happens, right? Yeah. I like, just don't know how the, you know, the rules and then we'll say the quote unquote rules yeah. work. Of course you're allowed to. Because you could be interviewing, you could talk to Gallant right now, and if Bla- yeah, we're interviewing for head coach. What's Blashill going to do? Okay, fine. You can't fire me. I quit. Or they'd be like, well, no, you can't interview a head coach while you have a head coach. Cool. Uh, we're thinking of bringing him on as an advisor. How could there be a rule against that? I just feel like there might be an old boys club type. I think thing. you need, technically speaking, to get permission from the team that fired him for some reason. Hence why there used to be draft pick compensation. Compensation. That was a fun little window where Detroit got like an extra third round pick. For Babcock? Yeah, thanks Toronto. Yeah. How'd that work out for you guys? <laughs> Eat it. Um, Who did the pick end up being? I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sunday morning, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto out of a playoff spot right now. It's beautiful. Silver linings to the loss last night. Hate to see it. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I think technically there is some stipulation around that where you have to get, but obviously the team fired them, so they're not going to say no. So, yeah. Uh, the, where did you guys fall on? Uh, I'd have hired him by now. The, yeah, that make, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> where I, where I landed was again, like, I don't think this, this should bring up anything else about Blasio and say he should have been fired yesterday. No, this is purely because Gallant's on the market, but I think it'd be fair to say Gallant is, you know, such a, a good coach or such a measurably good coach that you kind of have to bite your tongue and go back on your word uh, about what you said to Blashill and take the opportunity. Because when is Gerard Gallant going to be available twice for you, right? Yeah, when something like that comes out of nowhere, you need to reassess what you got. Yeah. Like if Sidney Crosby said he wants to test the free agent market back. Oh, he didn't really need him, but boy, that would be all right. Yeah. You you never take, you never pass up an opportunity to make your team better. It's a little bit more nuanced this time because what's better really for the Red Wings right now? Um, We're not catching up to anybody. No. We could go on a 10 game winning streak and still be in and likely would still be in last place. Yeah. If it was a one-on-one battle for the last, for last place, then it's kind of like, oh man, like. But I'd probably still, you know, if Gerard Gallant would be our coach for 10, 15 years, that's longer than a lot of players last in the NHL. I I don't think any NHL coach for the rest of our lifetimes will be coaches or like it'll be so sparse. We'll coach for 10 to 15 years. Yeah, I I, I do, too. But I just use that because I'm tired. (laughs) Uh, Also, since we recorded that episode after the news broke, I have seen so many articles stating explicitly that Gerard Gallant will become the new uh, coach of the Detroit Red Wings because of all of his connections with Eisenman. And I've read an equal amount of articles that are stating, well, there's absolutely no chance Gerard Gallant will want to go to the Red Wings in their current state. So uh, he's uh, this is uh, Schrodinger's coach. He's definitely coming and he's definitely not. We just have to open the box. <laughs> Didn't wasn't there a quote from Jeff Blashill about all the coach firings? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, pretty crazy. It's out of control right now. <laughs> it's like everybody else is getting their head cut off, and he's just like, "Oh God, how about the guy over there? How about this guy?" I think I, it, that was a funny head, headline to read. Um, 
I think it was fair. If you read the full context, it was Jeff saying like a guy like Gerard Gallant just got fired. Like what's happening right now? Which is like fair because how did a guy like Because everybody else said the same thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Blaschel's either very nervous for his job or he's running around in a cape saying, I'm Superman. You can't touch me. I don't think he's nervous. I think he's like he's. He just shows up to work in his underwear. He's like, it's all good. He's been on the hot seat for you know, three years now. He made it through that small window where we thought Ken Holland might do it. And it was actually looking like it for a little while. Uh, and then once he made it past that, and then Eisman came in and immediately gave him a, like a pretty much a year extension on his lifeline. He, he don't think he cares. He's Jeff Blaschel. When he moves on from the Red Wings, if like presuming this is the case, will be out of work for like, I don't know, four or six months, get hired on as an assistant coach for another team. They'll do well for a couple of years, then he'll get another head coaching gig, right? Like that's worst case scenario. Or he'll be over in Europe. That's how the cycle works in the NHL. Pretty much. The the next team probably that's going to look at uh, moving on from their coach, which is like Vegas caliber, if they don't find success, would be Tampa. And that's, we did talk about it a little bit, but it's really been brought up quite a bit. And it's fair because if John Cooper is let go as coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, provided they don't win the cup or they have like another terrible first round exit, that's Eisman does not care who he passed on. If he can pick up his old buddy, John Cooper, he's doing it. You'd think so, but are Tampa bad? Are Tampa bad right now? uh, (laughs) Is is Tampa bad right now? They're like 15, four and one in their last 20. Yeah. I thought they were on a heater right now. Yeah. They're on a hell of a heater right now. Vasilevsky's won like 11 in a row. Eight and two in their last ten. Uh, might as well get fired. That's yeah. not good enough. You got three losses. Uh, <laughs> three losses. No, they're actually. It's funny. They're second in the the division. Boston still had a strong enough start to the year where they're still holding on to that. Florida. Yeah. Yep. Well, right now, if you want to make the playoffs in the Atlantic, you essentially just have to be the third best team because you're not taking a wild card spot because the Metro's that strong in the Atlantic's that week. Not anymore. Um. Yes. Toronto is only what tied for the last wild card spot, one point behind. They're one point behind, but there's they're in fourth place of in wild card standings, and top two in wild card standings make it. So you have to consider the the amount of teams jammed in there. They're one point out, and I don't have a ton of faith in Carolina, Columbus, or Philadelphia. Elvis Merlifs Merlifskins Merslickins Merslickins. I picked him up in fantasy. He's That's a saved. fun name to say. It is. All the, <laughs> my favorite tweet last night, Columbus had to call up some random backup to back him up. And someone posted the screenshot. And they're like, I'm pretty sure their backup goalie is just an anagram of Elvis Merlickens. And they're hoping they're like, nobody po- will notice. We're pulling Merlickens for the other guy. And Merlickens just goes over, puts a mustache on, goes back in bed. <laughs> it's like you were still injured. Why are you playing? <laughs> Uh, I actually kind of want to find out yeah, what his name is. I don't. I don't know what his name is. It but was I like thought the and died. Exact last same letters, exact same number of letters, just rearranged. His name isn't even on there. That's weird. He didn't. He never existed. It's the theory holds true. Uh, I'll see if I can't find it. Alex here. Ovechkin, back to back hat tricks. Good at hockey. Who'd have thought it? I'll, I'll say it. He's doing it. He's doing it? He's doing it. What is it? 890 something? How, how old is he? 36? 34? Yeah. Oh. 33, he, Can 34? he score 200 more goals? Yes. That I, seems like a lot. <laughs> that does seem like a lot. It's a lot, right? A lot of people don't get 200 in their career. No, and he's tied for ninth now. Or he's... He passed like four people in like 
two days. Yeah. Well, Timu Solani was 12th with 684, and Alex Ovechkin now has 692. So in the past week, he jumped from 12th to 9th, where he's currently tied. That's in- that's incredible. He's tied with GM Steve Eisman with uh, 692 and 9th overall in scoring. Two more goals puts him tied at 8th. And uh, I- Will he get it? Before the end of the day, probably. <laughs> yes, probably. Uh, 14 more goals puts him seventh. Sorry. Matisse Kivlek- Kivleniex. That's definitely exactly that, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's just an anagram of Merzlikens. That's not a different person. <laughs> that's Merzlikens in, in a mustache. Yeah. That was her backup last night. <laughs> I think Ovi can score four. Like he'll score 14 more this year and catch Mike Gartner. He might score... 23 more and catch Phil Esposito for six overall in overall uh, goal score, NHL all time goal scoring. He Ovechkin is going to make it at least very close to to Gretzky. Can we talk about how absurd it is that Ovechkin went from 11th to 9th in the all time goals list in one game? I didn't know they were all that close. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, they it's were bound to. He scored three goals. It wasn't like he had nine. But you think some of these guys would play like. A little bit longer, just like, oh, let's create some breathing room between well, me and the next guy. These are all the guys who played. All these guys played, like, the least amount of games played by any of these guys is Mario Lemieux with 9.15. And then not counting Ovechkin, the, the next lowest is, like, nearly 1,300, like wow. 12, 12.69 by Brett Hall. They weren't even that good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's uh, They got quite a bit of, of uh, track behind them. Like looking at it, assuming he stays healthy, can you th- do it by? Sorry, Brad. Can you do it by like points per or goals per game? Uh, era adjusted scoring. If you ever look at the era adjusted, oh, that's Ovechkin's the best of all time. Oh yeah, because goalies couldn't really stop a beach ball in the eighties. Yeah, although the greatest single season era adjusted goal scoring was actually Brett Hall in the early nineties when he that eighty six goal season. That's absurd. Yeah, that is a lot of goals. Ovechkin's oh uh, seven oh eight where he had sixty five was number two on the. Remember when Fabry was on pace for like two hundred and fifty goals? Yeah, it was something. Uh, Mantha was on pace. For oh that yeah, him, him as well. Uh, goals per game highest goals per game is Mike Bossy 0.762 number two is Mario Lemieux 0.754 number three is Alex Ovechkin 0.629 and two of those players oh, have a no, great no, benefit no. of spending a good amount of their career in the 80s no this yeah. is that's wrong this is updated through February 2016 what a garbage website that's February 16 like they see into the future or 2016 oh 2016 like four years ago oh I thought they were a month ahead of us Maybe. What's the time? What time was it in Revelstoke? Something. I like don't that? know. Goals per game played. Uh, oh, individual season though. Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky's uh, eighty-seven goals in seventy-four games was nuts. One point something goals per game. Look, Ovi can do it if he can avoid what he's somehow avoided so far, which is a normal regress based on age and time. And if he can continue to be that way. And he's not even like a LeBron James where he's like, I spend millions on my body every offseason. Like, I drink. I he just like, goes off into the woods somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. What, he probably just like the blood of angels or something. The only offseason we ever saw him was after the cup win. And that's because he was swimming in fountains. That of youth. That bender would have ended most careers with the cumulative hand. <laughs> even Brett Hull would have been hungover. He still is. He yeah. still is. And, and that bender just powered Ovechkin up. 
It like honestly, it really did. I cannot believe that that guy's come back and done what he did. I can't believe Washington is coming back and uh, challenging for the cup. John Carlson's a big part of that, right? Yeah, of course. Do you remember when John Carlson's deal was signed? There was a lot of people saying, oh, my God, like, don't pay this much for defensemen. Well, he's still got enough term left on that contract. We're, there's reasonable doubt towards the end of it, but they don't care right now. Sorry, Nor should Ryan. they. Sorry, Ryan, I'm new here. Uh, my favorite part about the Ovechkin talk, too, is uh, everybody's doing the math. They're like, he needs to average 40 goals a season for five more seasons, all talking like he's not going to score another 20 or 30 before this season. Ends. He's going to score 60 this season, which is going to allow him to have a couple 30-goal seasons. Exactly. Like, I remember we did the math on it. We're like, yeah, if he has a couple, uh, at least one 60-goal season, it's very ob- obtainable. And now we're talking about it. Like, yes. I think he, he might have six, a 60 and a 50 left in him. Yeah, it, it might sound absurd, but he could score 60 this year, which is another, what, 25? So that would bring him up to, like, 720-ish. Then he could pop another 50 next year, and he's at 770. Cool. The dude's got 120 goals to go, and he's 36 years old. He only has to average 30 at that point. I feel like Ovechkin's going to score the one that breaks it and then just skate off the ice, and we'll never see him again. Yeah. Honestly, probably. He's like, oh, thank God. Just goes straight back to Russia. He's like, see you later, nerds. No, he's got to hold on a bit longer to get to 900 then. Oh, and then what? Just stay a couple more years. Get to 1,000. First 1,000 yeah. goal scorer. Uh, John Carlson's contract, you're right. He's 30 years old right now. He'll be 36 when it ends. He's making $8 million a year until then. Yeah, it's probably fine. I'd still sign it, but. But if he, if they get another cup in this window, that whole deal's worth it. Everyone's contracts are stomachable when you win multiple cups. Oh, yeah. I don't care. Well, I was going to use Pittsburgh as an example, but I won't because Crosby and Malkin are on like two of the most team-friendly contracts there is considering how good they are. If you pay Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews two digit or two – oh, f- fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying right now. If you pay them over ten million bucks and you win two or three cups, who gives? Who, who cares? cares? You can. I would honestly, if you could pay one guy twenty million dollars for five years and just completely screw yourself for four out of those five years, but you win a cup in one of them, who cares? The L.A. Kings are the poster child for this right now. They got two cups, massively overpaid almost all of their players. A lot of those players are terrible at hockey now, and they don't care. Don't give a damn. Them and their terrible stadium series jerseys. They're better than Colorado's. Colorado's were so good. Did you close guys to being talk good. about, did you see the full kit reveal? Yeah. yeah. With the chrome buckets? Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Uh, did you guys talk about this? This is going to be the ugly. Oh, no. Sorry. sorry I, just, I only got internet yesterday. Yeah. So no. I'm catching up. The, yeah. No, that's going to be the ugliest hockey game ever played. The If, if it's sunny, there's going to be people with eye damage everywhere. <laughs> did you see the, uh, the mock up? um on instagram this one guy did i can't something for design look at this the mock-up of the colorado that would have been way better yeah they're not what it is no no it looks like a bib they're they're literally at red lobster going to town on the entire menu with those jerseys that's relatable oh man i'm watching i'm looking at ovechkin's ovechkin's what well same thing uh washington's roster right now they really do have like one or two years left to win this eh yeah, no, they're they're in a, they're very much in a window. Um, anything else before we want to get into uh, overtime? Did you guys see Brad Marchand botch a breakaway after his uh, shootout? Did you see the shootout, Evan? Marked. No, but that was an <clears throat> that was another thing that was all over the internet. Yeah, 
Yeah. Man, people love to jump on Brad Marchand. I wonder why. But then he tweeted about, didn't he tweet something out about? Like, need to find my, what's it called? Uh, if you can find my skills for me or my hands. Oh, didn't he chirp someone? They were like, they yeah. like DM or like, like replied to him or something. And then he said, you do your shootouts on the driveway with your kids and I do it for millions of dollars or something. Oh, yeah. Peasant. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh-huh. And then after he botched that breakaway, I think it was like next game or the game after that same guy came back and tweeted like, can't wait to practice this move in my driveway. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's actually really funny. I love it. I wish more uh, players were like that on Twitter. I get it. I, I know he didn't, uh, he didn't do the best by letting the fans show that they can get to him. But I was, I don't mind the trash talking. Honestly. Oh God, they get millions of dollars and it's all for entertainment. Yeah. All I could be entertained. I'm, I'm here for it. I love the heel, uh, act that Marshan puts on, but at the same time, just constantly posting every time someone criticizes you, you lifting the cup, you have every right to do that. But my first thought is Brad, you're insecurity showing. Yeah, but I don't care. Everyone's I, a I'm little fine with it. I like the antagonization. Wasn't that it. the whole but, premise of Twitter was for you to have like almost a direct connect line of communication with famous people? Pretty much. Yeah. So I, I love it. I love all everything about it. I wish there was more of it. Are we going to talk about one of the hottest players in the NHL right now? Me. Yes. Who is it? I don't know why. I honestly don't even know why I said that. It's too early. Ilya Kovalchuk. Oh, since going to Montreal. Yeah, dude's a point per game player now after LA couldn't wouldn't even put him in the roster. What was LA doing? They were terrible. Well, they I couldn't mean, get him in the roster. Look at LA as a team, though. Like, how do you decide rebuild, no rebuild, rebuild, no rebuild? Okay, we're not rebuilding. We're going for it. Oh, we further screwed ourselves. Now we're mad at guys who we signed for the money that uh, we gave to them because we didn't want to rebuild and we're going to, you know, not work them into the lineup. I don't they're think, half-assing both. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're handling that team. And I'm not going to go to the ins and outs of, like, what systems they're running and everything like that because I don't watch them closely enough. But if you look at how they've handled their roster over the past three seasons, like, they have very smart people working for them in that administration. So I'm, like, super, like... Do they? Yes, they do. Uh, but not, like... Do they? Yeah. Like, uh, like people who run, like... Some of like the pioneers of hockey analytics work for them. And oh. I just don't know if they are listening to them because they are three years behind on this rebuild when they could have started three years ago, probably avoided some things like that Doughty contract. Well, not to stereotype, but isn't there a GM, an old school defensive defenseman who probably very much believes in old school hockey? And there's not- I'm not saying he's that type of GM. Some of the brightest minds in hockey are former goons, but almost exclusively good coaches are sucked at hockey. <laughs> <laughs> um because they, they sat on the bench and the whole time just analyzing everything and yeah. they're scary <laughs> yeah and it's like it's not like anybody who doesn't think in terms of like analytics or mathematical models isn't a good at being a gm or coaching no not at all legitimately not at all the right blend if that even exists is probably somewhere in between you know new and old school thinking it's just the era we live in uh, everything seems to be polarized but you can tell by the way they've running it. They they've been running the team that there's been some internal conflict, and like Evan said, they're half-assing it both ways, or they were until just like pretty much this season, and then they said Ilya's a problem, and they got rid of him. That must be it. The guy who's not playing has to be the issue of why we're not winning games. I also hate that mutual termination of the contract, and all of a sudden they're off the hook. Right? That well, seems like Kovalchuk's leaving a lot of money on the table doing that. 
Yeah. Yeah, but he's used to that. He yeah, doesn't care. Thing. Yeah. That seems like a – it honestly seems like a bullshit way out. I think if there's a mutual – unless there's been like a – what did they call A material act of unprofessionalism. Like something – some kind of breach oh, of contract. Oh, you can do one of those in LA real quick. <laughs> yeah, that would not be hard at all. I think unless there was that actual breach of contract, they shouldn't be – able to to kick that cap hit anyway yeah but if you don't how long will it be till kovachuk shows up in the dressing room hammered off his ass pissing on rob blake's desk just to get up from the contract i think that happened the first day la (laughs) LA eats some people brad you got a lot of uh weird hypotheticals eh yeah is it because it's early in the morning or is this just yeah my brain hasn't actually fully turned on yet i'm still in my weird fever dreams uh, anything else we want to do before we get over to uh, overtime? I saw that. I don't even know why this article needed to be written, but Calgary and Edmonton are looking for scoring wingers. We've got wingers. I don't know if they can score, but we got lots of them. If Athens you can get healthy in time, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what his trade value is this season. What a, what a forgettable season for so many Red Wings. We knew this was coming, but and yet we'll never forget it for so many reasons. Pain never goes away, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> We've said this before, but the Red Wings and Athanasiu both needed him to have a better season. Um, it might be a blessing in disguise. The Red Wings could just keep him for cheap. And Five then, years, $4 million per year. Woo! And then all of a sudden, Athanasiu produces and, and gets a couple good years in him and then is valuable in, in one way or another. Uh, who knows? All right, we're going to get into overtime. Uh, we're going to start with Patreon, uh, where our patrons get their comments read out. As I was saying, thank you for supporting the show. To kick off overtime, Willow1771 says, All I want to ask is, did we sign Gallant? Stay fresh cheese bags. Maybe in secret, but not yet. Uh, Matt Cheney says, Sup, dub, dub. I couldn't think of a better episode for Evan's return. With the help of Ovechkin's 25th career hat trick, the Washington Capitals were the first team this, reach to reach, this season to reach 69 points. Nice. Evan, that was your cue, and you hit it. Uh, Jimmy played great against the Pens, but it's obvious we still have a major goalie issue on the horizon. Uh, what do you think would be the best way to rectify this issue? Is Stevie, is Stevie going to stock up on goalie prospects in the later rounds of the draft, or do you think he'll have to figure out a trade? Thanks again for the podcast. Uh, keep up the great work. If you're pro-tank and realistic expectations, the tandem next year will be Jonathan Bernier and Jimmy Howard. Um, After that, you need to sign someone. I'm very much pro someone taking Askarov, but that someone not being the Red Wings, considering how high they'll be drafting. Um, I am in favor of both stocking up on goalie prospects and also um, seeing what comes up in free agency. Goalies move around in this league like coaches at this rate, and the Red Wings are not close to being able to field or ice a good team in front of that goalie. And so I know it's not a popular opinion, but my in my mind, it's not something to worry about right now. Josh Terrell says, hey, Dub Dub would like to welcome Evan back from his stay in Balls Falls, Ontario. Is Perlini the disaster he appears to be? The anchors around him don't help, but Fabry seemed to find a way. Is it fair to compare the two? Thanks, fellas. No, Perlini wasn't a disaster. He was getting his chances. He was largely snake bit. And much like Fabry, he's not a line driver, but he's capable if someone's able to get him to puck. And he never played on a line where that was an option, except for like one period he played with Taro Hirose, in which Hirose ended up scoring. Taro Hirose, that's a name we haven't heard in a while. Right. A couple points last night, I think. Yeah. Big night for the Red Wings prospects in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I would I'd have him in the lineup over at least half the forwards. Is I, he a healthy scratch right now? Yeah, he's been a healthy scratch for like three weeks. 
I, oh. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm not going to say like Perlini is just this awful player and there was no point in ever bringing him in. I can see the potential, but yeah, in large, he's not been good. I, the, I think Fabry is a, uh, an exception, not the rule in terms of players coming in here who have an opportunity to blossom. Um, I think if you p- pulled in 10 Fabries, maybe two of them would find success on this Red Wings team. To me, Perlini is just the latest bullshit example in the Red Wings organization and lengthy history of overvaluing defensive forwards who can't provide anything offensively instead of putting in a guy in who might be able to spark something offensively. There's a reason why we're still parading Ablocator and N and Ernie and Glenn Denning and Helm out every goddamn night. Except, and then you remember the Red Wings have scored four goals in the last three games. But no, no, no. Let's keep parading out a bunch of guys who could not score on a soccer net at this point. Haroon Khan says, hey, guys, seems like Eisman has asked Blasio to put Green on the top power play so we can re- recover some of his lost trade value. Also, do you think anyone of Daly, Erickson, or Green end up getting uh, re-signed, or will they be let go? And one tip for my fellow Red Wings fans who are suffering through this with me, if you guys have a PS4 or an Xbox and have NHL 20, it helps to rebuild Detroit over and over again in franchise mode. Thanks, guys, and let's go Red Wings. Uh, I could see a world in which Mike Green's brought back short-term super cheap just to plug that one hole we were talking about on the right side of the defense next year. Uh, If Detroit completely gives up on Madison Bowie and, you know, Lindstrom doesn't look like he's ready or, God forbid, Sider's not ready next year, you got to put someone there. So might as well bring back Greenies. Not the worst option in the world. Madison Bowie's been Detroit's second-best defenseman for the past week. Yeah, it's it's dark times. He had a great stop on the on a Barkoff breakaway. I that's a real sentence. And he also caused the Jonathan Huberto breakaway. So yeah, that's it's true. the Madison Bowie experience. <laughs> Universe equals itself out. <laughs> uh, Hronik last night, eh? He was pissed off. Uh, can I go on record and saying I did not like that fight? I, well, oh, he a, fought someone. Yeah, he fought Trocheck, and it was after a clean hit. It was a clean hit, and. Philip, you got to realize you're the only good defenseman on the Red Wings right now. Getting a <laughs> Atta boy. Oh, you two will like that one. Atta boy. Ryan just dipped his sweater. I wonder how in long it's coffee. been in there. Oh, just now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hronik got two for instigating, which gave Florida a literal power play. Five for fighting and a ten minute misconduct. So he took himself out of the game for another fifteen minutes, which basically. Taking your best defenseman out or your only good defenseman out for 15 minutes is kind of like giving Florida a power play. Don't do that, Philip. Well, Did he win or lose the fight? Uh, nothing really happened. I mean, he All threw right. a few body shots and I was like, man, oh, he I'm is a, angry. I'm a big fan of the body shots. I wish yeah. we saw more of those. Yeah. Um, he The 10 was for throwing that last punch, right? I don't know. I don't care. Don't do it, Philip. Which I thought was like, you know, I, I, that's objectively the right call for the refs to make, but I have not seen them do that once. And I've seen way more egregious examples of guys continuing to throw punches when the fight was over. Math almost caved Greg McKegg's face on the ice with three haymakers and didn't get it. I saw Kotkaniemi got in a fight. Oh, he beat the hell out of, uh, I can't remember who it was. Robert Hag. Yeah, he really? beat the shit out of him. He actually beat someone up. Yeah, I was like, is that... Am I all wrong about Kotkaniemi? This is not the prospect that it's I It's like know. that nerd that gets bullied in high school, and then all of a sudden they just snap and beat the hell out of someone. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Didn't Kot- know they had it in him. Kotkaniemi had the right mentality going in that fight. He knew he was 
The weaker of the two, the smaller of the two. Just go in and swing. Fist of fury. <laughs> swing. Don't stop swinging. Don't give them a chance. Just swing. Listeners of this podcast, if you're ever fearing for your life and you have to fight, be the crazier person in be the fight. Be the cock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Garrett TV says, Hockey Amigos, we're eventually going to need a top pair left-handed defenseman, starting goalie, and at least another Larkin level or better center. Let's assume that we'll need to go to free agency to acquire one of these three pieces. Which one would you prefer to acquire as a free agent, and when should we look to acquire them to time perfectly with our rebuilding arc? Bonus question, what's your favorite and least favorite vegetable? Keep rolling four lines, boys. Let's go Red Wings. Uh, goalie and free agency is my vote. That was going to be mine. Because I think you're... You can you can find a stud goalie who maybe had a bad season, but uh, you don't find that much variance in number one centers or uh, top pair defensemen, or you're overpaying for them. Okay. Uh, favorite and least favorite vegetable? Favorite would be uh, peppers. Least favorite would be onions by a country mile. Whoa, that is a hot. Onions, vegetables? Yeah. I, I don't hot. care. They, don't, they have a root, not a... Yeah. Not seeds. Onions are the worst food on the face wow. of the earth. And it's not yeah, close. Brad's. That is. I hot. have a Brad's favorite food is chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is hot. Good food taste, you asshole. Just not I, I'm on almost it. offended. I am. I'm, I'm offended for food, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm offended for the sake of good food. I actually can't pick favorite and least favorite because I like, I think, all vegetables. I must be nice, you hippie bastard. I'll say beets. Beets. <laughs> Just my least driveway. favorite. We were talking about this before the show. Some places are using beet juice to melt the roads uh, instead of salt. Um, but then they have to strip the color from the beet juice because it <laughs> stains everything purple. <laughs> can't see the road anymore because it's purple. <laughs> I Honestly, I think I like every vegetable. I know mushrooms aren't a vegetable, but those freaked me out texture-wise wise for a while. But they're also too good to ignore. Yes. yes mushrooms are for some reason i really enjoy the taste of the ground like oh mushrooms. oh yeah the earthy taste there's something about it yeah dylan krill says hey guys with 34 games left if athens doesn't get traded at the deadline stays with the wings do you think he gets 20 goals he currently has five no not a chance Brian Toll says, uh, what's up, guys? Been a busy week in the NHL, but same story for Detroit, other than Jimmy hopefully finding his game. With the Wings having pretty much locked up the best percentage uh, chance for Alexi Lafreniere, not even going to try to spell it, uh, and rosters expanding soon, do we think Sider, Valeno, Rass, and Sveshnikov for the end of the year, uh, do you think we see them? Uh, to give them a look and some experience. I'm going to see the Wings play in Vegas in March with only seven games left in the season. What do you think my odds are of seeing some of uh, or some or all of those guys. I want none of our prospects in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, I think you have a good chance of seeing Cider, Rasmussen, and one of Svetcher Valeno. I think uh, of all of them, Valeno is probably the least likely to get his nine games this year. They're all, they all should come up for their nine. Well, Rasmussen, it doesn't matter. He's already burned a year. Um, they should all be up at some point for a look because there's no good reason not to. Uh, you don't bring them all up at the same time. You try and stagger it as best you can. But yeah, I don't see a reason not to unless you're, uh, I guess the only reason not to, now that I'm thinking about it, is Grand Rapids is in a playoff battle so depending how much you value that um started writing this when it was zero zero with five minutes left in the first and now it's two nothing with florida florida with a minute left keep up the good work gents and when are you coming up to alaska for some real pow evan i literally feel like i just left alaska no thomas anderson says your opinion on a hockey 101 question it's related to uh players 
who are often identified as right or left-handed shooters and then their position. Um, is it best if someone starting out in hockey um, uses their dominant hand on the top of the stick, for example, right hand on the top of the stick so they shoot left? My friends and I didn't start playing until our midlife crisis hit, so we're all right-hand dominant but hold the stick left hand on the top and shoot poorly on the right side. I feel that I messed my right-handed kit up by getting him a right shoot stick. Bad parent? It's all preference. Uh, best thing to do with kids, give them a straight stick, let them figure it out. Uh, if you're getting into it as an adult, literally just grab a hockey stick and whatever feels comfortable for you, that's the right answer. There's Because uh, I know Ryan's, you're a righty, right? I shoot right, yeah. But you're left-hand dominant? Yes. Yeah, I'm right-hand dominant. I also shoot right. There is no rhyme or reason. I'm right-hand right. dominant and shoot left. Yeah. Yeah, so we literally, all three of us are in different <laughs> there's some, corners here, so. There's some evidence to suggest that, in general, dominant hand on top of the stick, and then you shoot the other direction. But it's, like Brad said, it's not a hard and fast rule, and it might not even be a rule. Allison Lucan actually did a, an article on this which found that it was more or less preference based on how much variance there was. You can't reasonably say that said, I would always be in favor of um, dominant hand on top of the stick. I, like they're really, it's, it's hard to explain in words, but once you get on the ice, you realize how much control comes from that dominant hand on top of the stick. Like there's a lot of fine control and a lot of power needs to come from it. Or lack thereof. That's true. And that's why we do a podcast. <laughs> that's why we just sit here sipping coffee and complaining about, you know, 9.30 in the morning, which is a perfectly reasonable time to be awake. No, it's not. Not on a Sunday. Well, Mel's still asleep, which is why you can still hear Abby on the outside the door. Mm -hmm. uh, you know who else might still be sleeping? My wife and kids. And do you know how rattled I am right now that I'm not capitalizing on that? She gave birth to them, man. No, no. I'm saying I could still oh, be sleeping. you could still be sleeping. If the kids and wife are sleeping, because I haven't got a good morning text or anything from Crystal yet. So there's a reasonable chance I could still be sleeping. This is why I'm trying to find you a new job so you can work in nine to five like the rest of us and you can have your weekends. I don't work till 10 today, Ryan. That's my point. Yeah, you worked in nine, nine to five on uh, on weekdays. I usually do. I only Who works nine to five? I'm, I'm an eight to four guy. I'm I only have one. That soon. It's nice. I only have one late day. And it's Wednesday. Uh, Peter Ploshansky says, evening, boys. Hope you're enjoying the game. Welcome back, Evan. Just saw Larkin score his 100th. What a beauty. Anyways, Mickey and Kenny had a conversation about the junior levels and mentioned that spending too much time over ripening can lead to bad habits. Made me wonder about Jeremy Bracco of the Marlies. He's currently in his third season in the A. Last year, he finished with 79 points in 75 games, and this year he has 30 points in 38 games. Obviously, I didn't look into the advanced analytics yet, but do you guys know something I don't, or is he a victim of being a small right wing on a loaded Leafs roster? Also, hypothetically, what do you think a trade would look like involving him coming to Detroit? A second-round pick. Uh, yeah, Bracco's, unfortunately, a great prospect on a team full of stars. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer in over-ripening is a thing. I think I heard what Mickey was talking about, where you get to a point where you have nothing else to learn. Uh, the AHL, I don't buy that as much because it's still a professional league running the same systems with the same philosophy as the parent team. So there's not a huge variance from the NHL to the AHL. Junior to an AHL is a far bigger leap and far more adjustments and f the learning curve is far steeper. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's a player-by-player -player basis. Um, the next question is Matt Bacher says, Hey gents, quick question. Uh, what does the wings defense look like next year? Uh, five current roster players are in the final year of their contract. Green, Erickson, Daly, Bowie, and Biega. Also there's, uh, 
at best two Griffins ready to make the jump being Sider and Chalosky. DeKaiser might be healthy next season, but also might fall off a cliff performance-wise. Thanks and keep up the good work. We've chatted about this before, and it's it's bleak. Um, yeah, it's uh, what's the right side? Heronic, Sider, Bowie probably, left sides, DeKaiser, Nemeth. Literally whoever they want to bring back. Guy. Yeah. Um, we're talking about Chalosky, all, probably. all these contracts coming off the books. Um, they might bring back one or even two of them at like league minimum or something like that. Or even a mill or two. I don't really know. Benz, <clears throat> excuse me. It also depends if there's anyone else in free agency who are better than them. And also this is Steve Eiserman uh, and his keep the kids the hell away from this mess. So even assuming Cider makes a team next year is a big maybe. Uh, Matthew Woolley says, hey, boys, I've been listening for about a year and a half now. And since I finally got a big boy job, hey, congrats, Matthew. Uh, I've finally just had to give back for the hours of entertainment you guys have given me. Well, thank you for supporting us and welcome to the Dub Dub family. Uh, since you guys tend to cover the hot Red Wings topics, who's your pre-All-Star break favorite still in the cup? I have the Blues winning. Mm. I'm going to go out and make the mistake of uh, I'm going to bet on uh, Tampa Bay. I think they, something has got to give at some point, and this might be it for them. This might be their year. I'm going to say the finals just for uh, chaos will be Tampa because, you know, got to fire that coach, and Vegas because they did fire that coach, and it will work for no particular reason other than regressing to the mean. Colorado. Okay. The Niebler says, hi, Evan. You are now the jolly green giant. You have to pick up a baby carrot with your butt cheeks before hiding the avocado. That's true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, we we're playing a game and uh, it's called um, no, no free ads. <laughs> um, and uh, one of the things was so this X person is now the Jolly Green Giant and you can order people to p- try and pick up carrots with their butt cheeks and the carrots are on the floor. Is that like really like the carrots are really there on the floor? Well, like this is a real physical thing that happens. I mean, we had carrots, oh, so we decided to my do it. God, snowboarders are so weird. You guys are. Well, crazy. when you stop snowboarding at three in the afternoon, you have to do something. Sorry, you took a vacation where you stopped doing the thing that you went on vacation for at three in the afternoon. But you start at eight thirty in the morning. If I'm on vacation, I'm not getting up at eight thirty in the morning. Yeah, it, it's That's when all it's, the fresh pow is, bro. Oh, do yeah. not care. Lots of slashing the nar pow. <laughs> there you go shay says hey fellas have you had any interactions with nhlers outside of the pod great work on the mccarty and lidstrom interviews uh by the way i've taken a leak next to dan cleary at van andel skated with former griffin slash red wings uh mark hardigan randomly got directions downtown grand rapids from Villy lano and talked on the phone with barry melrose a couple times uh for my own show which came to an end a few years ago it's pretty grounding when you get a chance to talk with some of these guys and are reminded that they're simply human be- human beings as well uh, we chatted for quite a bit with Darren after before mm-hmm. and after, um, we, I'm trying to think I've run into Dan Cleary multiple times, uh, in a previous life. So I actually did some work for the NHLPA every summer at the rookie showcase. So yeah. Evan really is Shea Weber. Yeah. We say she, she, we sometimes see Shea Weber twice in a week. So there's that. I got to work with Dylan Larkin for an hour and a half one afternoon. That was fun. 
Uh, Stay Fresh Cheese Bags of Fournier Company says, Evan, come back to Clash of Clans. You know you want to. No. As of this writing, the Red Wings are now fifth in overall and average home attendance. No fair weather fans in Detroit. It's nice to see a bounce back against the Pens after the game that will not be mentioned, but then the Florida game happened. Pretend time. The Ilches hire you to speak to the Red Wings players in the dressing room before the next home game. Ryan, Brad, and Evan, what do each of you tell the team? Oh, God. I what am uh, I, I tell, say, hey, team full of players who aren't good enough, go in? No. Uh, I would, uh, as, I assume we'll be talking as they're getting dressed, in which I'll look at at least four of them and just go, stop what you're doing. Put the suit back on. It's going to be like that Simpsons episode where Homer is teaching Apu about American history so that he can get his uh, citizenship. And then he falls asleep and he's like, I've forgotten everything. And then Lisa's like, great, that, that will be my speech. <laughs> Uh, the Astros cheating scandal got me curious. So I began reading up on the cheating in the NHL. The Boston globe had an interesting article about stick curves, goal equipment, signaling TV timeouts to the benches. And of course, some of Scotty Bowman's infamous tactics, which player kept a razor blade in his glove. He'd scratched, he'd scratch his face after any incidental stick contact to draw the double minor. Can you guys talk about other ways players and teams try to cheat? Uh, and nowadays, there isn't a lot that you could do. I mean, back in the day, I remember when Chris Osgood basically wore a parachute for a jersey, but it technically wasn't against the rules then. Uh, back in the day, Chris Chelios used to fiddle his stick tape before faceoffs, and refs used to just let him do it. Uh, once they started clamping down on that, he used to just start stepping on a stick to break it before faceoffs to buy his team more time when they didn't have a timeout. Uh, goalies piling, piling up snow at the goal line. Uh, didn't flurry. Uh, my favorite one was Roger Nielsen, and I don't remember who his goalie was, but he instructed his goalie uh, at the end of the game when he pulled him to leave his stick laid out across the crease because mm-hmm. there technically wasn't a rule against it at the time. So I love that. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. They have Genius. now instituted that rule, but it I, wasn't a rule. It won't stop players from like Philip Peronic from scoring. Yeah, that would still went in. Okay, you have one more question, then I'm leaving. Um, it, he continues to say congrats to Dylan Larkin for his 100th career goal. Uh, already, he's 23 right now. Ovi better look out. Over under that he scores 300 by age 30. Larkin? Who are we talking about? Larkin. I'll go over. That's Stay not f- crazy. He's only, what, 23, seven years yeah. for 200 goals? Yeah. yeah, I'll take the over. Stay fresh cheese bags. Not to be used for keeping Brendan Perlini in the press box for long stretches when he should be seeing regular playing time. This usage only a proof for Jonathan Erickson. Yakaruta says Chris Russell is on his way out of Edmonton. Should we try and trade Glenn Denning slash Helm for him? He has just one year left after this. Also, the Red Wings are still bad. No, Chris Russell is the defensive equivalent of them, yeah. which is to say he's not good. Remember when everyone said that he was not good? And then he turned out to be not good. Yes. He's not bad defensively. He's not good. There's so many people who can be not bad defensively. Uh, Some Reddit questions. Brad, you can go if you want. Bye. Have fun at work, nerd. Uh, A a free peacock says, what do you guys have for hobbies? Do you play chess, handcraft, condiments, and sauces, train birds in your spare time? Brad can answer for his pre-parental form. Brad's pre-parental form was like hockey cards and... He was 12, I think. <laughs> um, Evan, you're snowboarding. You're like a normal person. You have real hobbies outside of this. Yeah, I do normal people stuff. I golf. I have a golf membership this year, actually. Oh, fuck. Yep. Or so screwed for the off season. Oh, yeah. I'm going to play a lot of golf this summer. 
I, it feels, I hate saying this cause it sounds like a 14 year old answering this question, but it's like super into just, I don't know, like tech failing around tech. I have a friend who's teaching me a lot of like code so we can drop some, whatever the opposite of doing what I do for work. Yeah. I enjoy those, those yeah. things. Uh, when I'm actually in the gym, I do love being in the gym. Yeah. Although, I go at lunch cause we have a gym at our office. So it makes it helps break up the day yeah. instead of just sitting at a desk like a creature all day. Caltrate Red Flame says, hi, ho gang. We uh, adopted a new cat after our old one passed at just nine months old. Oh, I'm sorry to hear, man. He's little Mo Sider, named after our favorite German hockey player. Obligatory cat picture is here. Oh, cute. I already creeped the Reddit thread. Uh, who's your favorite NHL comparison for Sider? Personally, I see him as a Colton Pareko, but a better skater with a worse shot. Same question for Cholosky. I, that's actually not a bad description for Sider. NHL, I, I, again, I, I think I say this every time, but I don't love NHL comparisons. I don't think I can give one for Cholosky because I don't know who he is as a player yet. I read this question before I got on the plane yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to look this up, who I think, and then I forgot. So, Yes. Uh, we'll take one more question here. Wing Squigger says, so I'm sure you'll discuss this and we actually forgot to, but the Oilers are definitely paying Cassian too much in the same way that we did applicator though. He does have less term with, uh, less, uh, cap hit. So maybe Kenny is learning. This is just a rumor deal, but it was rumored to be like three to four years for like three to $4 million. And I just think, what does Zach Cassian do plays with Connor McDavid? Like that's I, anyone can do that. I could do that right now. I would put up 13 goals in a season playing with Connor McDavid. Yes. And I play defense and I'm also not a professional <laughs> hockey player. No. Um, you know, Connor McDavid, this has been floating around. He seems to be the only one who's taken a um, discount to play with Connor McDavid. No one else is doing it. Connor McDavid could get infinite money anywhere. Yeah. If I'm Ken Holland, you let you tell Zach Cassian, here's your 2 million bucks. If you don't like it, I'll put someone else in here to get 20, 20 goals. Like, who knows what the conversation is behind closed doors? But if you're playing with Connor McDavid, you take what people give you. Yeah. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, we want to thank all of our listeners, our name level sponsors. I love my NFC Championship bound Packers. I would say good luck today, but I will not. Uh, Andrew Bohan. Uh, Scott Martin, Kayla Thompson, Mitchell Shinkowski, Aaron Taylor, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Mike Reed, Ryan Lewis, Langabeer, Clayton Van Dyken, Kaylin Wood, Hassam Al-Kassem, Arjun Shanker, Charlie Elkins, Hannah Lee, Sean Levine, Connor Leighton, Danny Jr., Craig Kibble, Rob Thiel, Simon Anderson, John Evans, Kwaz, and Stan Olson. Thank you all. I need to go give Evan a shot of adrenaline. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.